0: October 13, Chadwick Boseman and Sterling K. Brown in Marshall, based on a true story.
1: I'm Thurgood Marshall. I only represent people accused because of race.
0: Before he became the first African-American Supreme Court Justice. Did you do what they said you did? He attacked me!
1: I never touched that woman. Thurgood Marshall was a man on a mission. The only way to get through a
0: bigot's door is to break it down. Critics rave. Marshall is outstanding. Four stars. One of the best movies of the year. Marshall, rated PG-13 in theaters October 13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.
2: It's Friday, October the 6th. It's my birthday. Actually, my birthday. We're going to talk about box office. We're going to talk about Kate Winslet and James Cameron reuniting. Uh, Bride of Frankenstein, it's on, it's off. What's up with that? Within a week? That's kind of weird. Uh, And there's so much more. Uh, Meet the Movie Press.
0: Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We
1: talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talks. Meet the movie press.
2: Hello, I'm Simon Thompson. Obviously, you might be expecting uh, Jeff to be in this chair. He is unfortunately um, going to be taking a little bit of personal time. Um, so, our thoughts are with Jeff and his family. Um, it's a difficult time, and we appreciate the fact that he will be joining us um, ad hoc when he can make himself available on the show. In the meantime, I'm going to be filling this chair, and today I'm delighted to have dimitri back again hey dimitri how are you doing
1: hey how are you simon i'm hey, very very good great to be back listen uh it is an honor to be here i gotta say uh we started a little late it's all on me uh, i had a little sick doggie and um you know he didn't eat my homework but he just threw up on it so all my notes for today that's still <laughs> a really good excuse that's fine <laughs> so at least it was just a little bit late
2: at but, least it uh, was just one end and not both so there's... Anyways,
1: there's so we are, we're We're away working, from that. Uh, I can't wait to talk about... When I got the list last night, mm. I was
2: like,
1: I can't talk about that, can't talk about that. No, it was such an awesome list of... So much happened this week. Yeah. You know?
2: Well, one thing I want to address at the top of the show, we are going to be taking calls today. Uh, the number is 424-253-0504. Uh, now... There are two topics that we will not be discussing on the show today for legal reasons, Uh, one of which is the highly publicised allegations against Harvey Weinstein. And obviously today we know that um, uh, Andy from Screen Junkies, some allegations have been made against him, um, which, until proven guilty, we have to assume are allegations. So we will not be discussing either of those issues on the show today. If you do decide to call in, Please do not ask about that. That is for legal reasons. Um, everybody has a right to a legal recourse, so we will not be discussing either of those things on the show today. There is a lot of other stuff to talk about, however. Awesome. So, <coughs> Dimitri, apologize. Yes. I'm, I'm literally, it's my death rattle. It's my birthday, and I'm already almost dead. Shut
1: up, i dead. This rattle. is terrible. You're
2: 25, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I'll, I'll take 25. So let's, <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you Go so on. much indeed. I really appreciate that. So, let's talk about. Yeah. Let's talk about Blade Runner first sure. of all. Because Blade Runner you, 2049. You? I saw it a couple of weeks ago. Jeff and I spoke about it on the show. You saw it last night. Uh-huh. So yeah. everybody has kind of been losing their shit yeah. over this movie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What was your opinion of it?
1: Uh, listen, first, I, you have to know that Blade Runner is a movie that's near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Uh, when it first came out, uh, it got me through college. Literally got me through college, meaning that I wrote three distinct... Three distinct, different papers mm. on it for three different classes: a humanities, a science fiction, and a literature class. Um, and again, this is before all the bazillion versions had come out. There was only, well, there was the theatrical version. A little bit later, there was the international theatrical version, which mm. had some more violence, yeah. right? But still had the overvoice, which I like the overvoice. It makes it a film noir. Movie, which were some of my thesis, yeah. But going into this, I just expected with Denis Villeneuve and the type of director he is smart choice. I expected more of like deliberately paced focus on narrative and everything. Yeah. And for me, it delivered. I it's it's the same but very different. Uh, looks amazing on the big screen. Roger Deacons should get nominated. Special effects. I thought performances are really good. I liked the story line, and this is where it's different. It's the mystery here is a little bit. It's different. What yeah. what what we're hunting for? I don't want to give anything away, but I will say this. Even back, you know, it's been an age-old debate, and I love the debate. I'm on the side of Rick Deckard is human. Always have been. Okay. Always. Have, that's what makes a good science fiction movie. I really enjoyed. 2049 people I think might take umbrage with the run time it's long
2: it is it's it's two hours 40 minutes yeah which is a long time
1: it's a long time it's beautiful it kept my attention for the full two hour and 40 minutes yeah and when you know I looked at my watch and I said huh that didn't feel two hour and 40 minutes I saw a mother and that mother that that, that mother was. a really long be, mother that felt like a that felt a hell of a lot yeah. longer than watching Blade Runner 2049 for me. I think it's going to be divisive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people will either love it or hate it, but that's the way it was with the very first movie. Everybody hated
2: the first movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was not a big hit when it originally no. came out. Now, yeah. for me, I mean, you, you talk about the pacing that, that Denise um, sort of implicated here. For me, I thought it was, the original is very much of a one tone all the way through. For me, the, the singular tone was a little bit too dry. However, there are some characters that are built into this, especially the female parts, mm-hmm. that i found to be particularly captivating. Mm-hmm. I think of all the parts, the women get the best dialogue, they get the best roles, they get some of the best scenes, mm-hmm. and I think some of the best interactions yeah. um, in the entire movie. So for me, even though generally it was obviously it's, it's Ryan and it's Harrison's movie, yeah. it's the women who actually kept me watching it. I thought it was overlong, um, stunning. Yeah. You cannot fault the yeah. cinematography or the design or even the sound design at oh, all. the sound is It is beautiful. It is. I, I, I said I interviewed um, Ryan and Harrison a couple of weeks ago and I told them that I could literally watch this film on a loop just, and I was like, no offence, but without any of the dialogue because it looks so amazing. A right. couple of wasted characters I would have liked to have seen more from Dave Batista. Would have liked to have seen a bit more from him. Yeah, um, by any chance, did
1: you catch any of the three short films that were made to be sort of kind of prologues? I have not as yet, but
2: I will be doing that. I'm going to watch it a second time. Yeah,
1: I I highly recommend before going to see 2049, later in 2049, they're online. There are three of them. One of them, the first one's in anime. It's Mm -hmm. called Blackout. Uh, the second one is about Wallace specifically. Yeah. Where he's going to a board to try to be able to make replicants again. The third one is specifically about Dave Bautista's character. Okay. And each one nicely... They're not frivolously done. Because mm. they do have their place uh, within that gap between the original and to this one. Okay, You'll see a little bit more Dave Bautista. And I have to say something regarding him. He is becoming that actor's actor like he he's like he's become he's like sort of the real deal yeah. um meaning that not only can he do action and he's this big guy mm. but i think from an expressive standpoint he, he's good yeah. and like you do sort of kind of want more of him but i really noticed it in this short he has a he has some interaction with a little girl mm. and i was like he pulled that off rather flawlessly. No, he's, he's a really good
2: actor. And it's kind of, it, it, I think some people initially, and I'm probably one of them, were slightly dismissive of him entering the acting game. Mm-hmm. And then with the last Bond film, Spectre, where he was the one of the villains, or certainly a henchman is probably the best description, I felt that he was underused in that. Um, So I think in this, what he does in this film, and no spoilers, by the way, um, is superb. Yeah is really superb. He was a high point of the movie. I would just like to have seen more of him right in the film. Yeah. Um that was that was one disappointment. But we're looking at tracking this weekend for 45 to 50 million. And we'll get to box office later, but it it took 4 million in previews, which is very strong. Sure. Um they've done certainly amazing, in the last couple of months. That's that's sort of it kind of level of, you know.
1: They've done an amazing job yeah. marketing this movie. Yeah. Um you know, although it is a little bit of a bait and switch because they really have predicated the marketing around action mm. this isn't a movie that's predicated on action it's not it's not two hours and 40 minutes of you know nonstop stop edge of your seat action although yeah. there is good action in it um this is uh, very much like the first one it's predicated narrative theme um some symbolism and about the human con- it it ends up being about the human condition, yeah, which is what so. very good science fiction. And um,
2: people be. were asking me this week, like, do you need to have seen the first Blade Runner to see this one? I would say no, okay, because it helps if you have, but the story within this, and again, no spoilers here, because if you give away the story, you give away the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it is It is self-contained it, it is kind of explained within the movie where the plot line is going yes. in not a with a trowel kind of level. And then when the MacGuffin is revealed, yes. then it carries through. So I think that you don't need to have seen the first play. It helps, but you don't need to have. Yeah, I would go
1: under you should familiarize yourself with the universe. And at least with Rick Deckard's character, you should be part of that conversation. Yeah. Um, because for the the first one for me is very iconic. And what it stood for and what it does. Um, and and try to, you know, most people will probably just see the most recent, you know, Ridley Scott's. Mm. I, you know, if you can get a, a hold of, you know, the one that has the overvoice, uh, try that. But you should at least get a sense of Rick Deckard yeah. himself. Uh, and his relationships with other people in the movie. Just to see where that character is coming from. That, to me, would help a little bit. Uh, If anything, I think what this movie will do, for the people who haven't seen it, Mm. they'll go, they're going to go back. And it'll make them appreciate Blade Runner, Yeah, and it'll make them appreciate 2049 that much more.
2: I think that's fair. Probably the biggest problem I had with the movie was even though the the final third of the film is still very impressive, Mm -hmm. the final third of Blade Runner was theatrical, dramatic, and impactful. Mm -hmm. And for me, the last third of this film felt a little bit Hollywood, we're going for the 2017 audience, we have to give something which is bang for a buck. Yeah. And for me, I think that's... and, And Denis is someone I'm a great fan of, and I think generally he absolutely nails it. But this, I felt was a little bit Playing to the audience, and I think it's because it's such an intelligent movie. Right? There was something smarter, I think, that could have been done.
1: This, and again, this is another reason why I would recommend the original Blade Runner. Yeah, this movie doesn't have a Roy Batty. <clears throat> no, you know, Roy Batty is such a fascinating, interesting character. Mm. Um, there, he's he's a villain, but to see what what our Blade Runner learns from Roy Batty and and the other people that he comes across. Mm. That, to me, is what made that a great science fiction thing. So Roy Batty is such a great character, played by Rutger Hauer. Played brilliantly this as well. This movie didn't have that Roy Batty. I agree. I agree. So that's where I think that, that... One of the many things that I've been trying to unpack about this movie... Mm. Um, and that was one that came up as I was driving here. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad you brought that up. and I don't disagree, but I still think there was a there was a humanistic component too that I thought, yes, this is about the human condition.
2: Yeah. so No, I, I think everything you said heart. is absolutely right. So on a scale, if we were going like an, an A or a B rating, I mean for me it's it's a B plus. okay, it's not an A movie. okay I mean, what would you
1: see, I'm just just a, a hair <clears throat> high. I'm an A minus okay. Just a it's, a, it's a, a very minus. thin so,
2: definition. Very thin yeah. line. But
1: I, I, would you agree, though, that people are going to go, much like the first one, they're going to go, oh, my God, it was so long and boring and talky. Yeah. Do you think people will?
2: I, I think for me the biggest problem, in you know, mentioning the, the box office, um, you know, 45 to 50, I think that's, that's fair. I don't think it would do, you know, it might do more than that, but I'm, I'm not anticipating it because I just don't think that people who are, aside from the fact that it's got Ryan Gosling in it, so people will go because it's a Ryan Gosling movie. That hasn't always been the case. Plenty of Ryan's movies have not pulled right. an audience. The buzz outside of the film community is not there for me. Right. Um, they like the promotion. They like the idea. They know Blade Runner. I just don't think that this is going to, because of length, because of pace, because of various things, it's going to appeal to that much of a mm-hmm. wider audience outside of the audience that it would naturally appeal to. I think this will be the final Blade Runner film we'll see. Most I, likely. I I would not expect them to go, this has been such a big hit, we're going to do another one in five years. I think this is going to be putting Blade Runner to bed, and I think it's a fine way to do that. Yeah. Certainly, looking at the history of sequels, in a history of sequels, this is a bloody good try. It's yeah, a really well, good effort, it's a great result.
1: Not only that, how many sequels when they... I mean, it's been what... Uh, Thirty years, yeah, 27 years. years. Yeah, okay, that usually doesn't work when you're going to do a sequel. Usually doesn't. The odds are pretty much stacked against you. Mm. This one, they they turn the odds around. Uh, Again, they did come up with a good story. They hired a very capable director. Yeah, I mean, he's coming off of the arrival.
2: Beautiful vision, right? Beautiful vision.
1: Um, the marketing, like I said, was so on point. That You're right. Ryan Gosling will get some in. Harrison will pull some people in. But I think I I don't disagree. Although it's only competition is like what My Little Pony. So we know that the bronies are going to be not going to Blade Runner. So, uh, you know.
2: Maybe they'll do a double bill. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's not what Denis thought of. It was like, I'll tell you what, the best way to see my film is uh, first of all, you see this, and then you see uh, My Little Pony. My Little, po- my little Pony, the brownies uh, love uh, sci fi. Yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm sure that's, that was not a meeting
1: yeah, no. that
2: happened at Sony or one of ours. So. That was also that a pretty earth. shit Denis impression. I'm <laughs> um, sorry. Right. On, on, um, on We were talking about Dave Batista. Um, IGN and Screen Rant, according to, to Zaius B. Lou in the chat, um, IGN and Screen Rant said the same thing, uh, that he should have had more screen time. So uh, I will watch the shorts this weekend. I absolutely will do. Yeah,
1: and I, I just was on the phone with Ian Kaiser, who's uh, he's yeah. a friend, right? And mm-hmm. he's a good... Uh, and I, he's going to see the movie, and I said, if you have the chance, watch those three. Watch those three shorts... You'll be impressed okay. and they're really good. They're
2: very well, well done. Before we move on, um, a question from Zeno for both of us. Yeah. Um Do we think that Blade Runner 2049 will be nominated for Best Picture? Me, I'm gonna say no. I think it'll be a, I think it'll be nominated for a number of things, but I'm gonna say no for best picture.
1: There are ten slots. I guess there's always a possibility. Here here's where I feel mm. Special effects, yeah. Uh, sound editing, sound design, hundred percent. Uh, Harrison Ford potentially supporting. I think it's one of the best things he has done in you a see, long time. I would time. like to see
2: a nod for Robin Wright. She was very. good She too. is superb in this. I mm-hmm. mean, she's. I mean, she could pretty much act a shopping list, and she would nail <laughs> she it. Could. To yep. be honest with you, yep. but in this, she is she so so good, mm-hmm. really really good. Yeah, and I've interviewed her many times over the years, and this time, she you could tell she genuinely liked the movie that she was promoting. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, "kaching, I've just bought a house in Malibu, level of filmmaking. It right. was like, I genuinely really like this part, and I like this role.
1: You know, in all the interviews, too, that I've been seeing, number one, Harrison Ford finally found a sense of humor in
2: doing press junkets. Yes. I mean, because he's been fantastic. He's been great. And, um, but he also, I think he's... He's got a bromance going on with Ryan. Yeah, and I asked them about helped. this a couple of weeks ago, and they yeah. genuinely like each other.
1: Yeah, and that has helped. Yeah. But they all seem to have genuinely had a good time making this movie. It definitely... Uh, definitely Harrison Ford seems to have had a much better time making this movie than he did the original Blade Runner. Yeah. So, uh, again, there's a documentary that comes at the Blu-ray of the, the making of the original movie. It's a good two-hour-plus documentary. Yep. Uh, I highly recommend you watch that. It's Ridley Scott. It's behind-the-scenes footage that's very deep into the making and how hard it was to make and how Harrison Ford was just, like, not happy. Like, it yeah. was a hard movie to make. This one, they seem to have genuinely had a good time, It, you know, as much as they could. agree.
2: So So, um, I'll give you the number again in case you want to call the show, uh, 424-253-0504. That is 424-253-0504. As I said before, we are not going to discuss any of the allegations um, regarding uh, any misconduct by people in the industry. That is not because we take sides. That is for purely legal reasons. So we will not be discussing that on the show. Uh, now, Dimitri, yeah. people will probably recognize you from Anatomy of a Movie. Anatomy
1: of a Movie, yeah.
2: So uh, tell you- me a bit about that show in case people haven't actually seen well, that show.
1: Anatomy of a Movie, is a, it's, it's, it's more than just your regular review show. We are not 140-character talk about, give an opinion about a movie. Yeah. We each, we have great hosts, Phil Zvitek, Marissa Serafini, who you've seen from other shows. Mm -hmm. uh, And we talk movies. We usually will talk about one movie. So, for example, this week we're going to talk about American Made. We not only will give our opinion about American Made, but we'll dive deep into the collaborative process as to what it took to get Doug Liman, Tom Cruise... And all the particulars together, and how they made american made yeah from pre production to production to writing to cinematography, how did they get Doug Lyman into the film? How does Doug Lyman have a connection to the iran contra affair of history it's that 's what we discuss. We really dive deep into the movies, much like. You and I would go see a movie and then we'd maybe go have some scotch, by the ways. I was wicked yes. jealous. Thank you so much. That. that was that was my what wife's that was my wife's
2: doing. She suggested it and I was like, whiskey? Yes, okay.
1: That was awesome. But then you talk about movies, right? <laughs> yeah. You talk about movies from a fan's point of view. Mm-hmm. We take comments. Uh, we we have um, people will post their comments on our YouTube uh, page yeah. and, and iTunes. We're right back. We have healthy discussions about movies. So, like Blade Runner, we can go back and forth. Like it's such, it's a different kind of a review show. We're not there to argue. We're there to love. Well, we, it's also
2: really good that if you if you feel that sometimes you can lag behind in your film knowledge or understanding of, of movie making or what goes on behind, if you want to kind of gen up so you can hold your own in a, in a conversation yeah. with your friends who perhaps are more of film nerds than you might be. It's a really good way to kind of get some fun facts and a little bit of insight that perhaps people didn't know, learn a bit more about the movie making process. It's sort of an well.
1: idiot's guide to movie, me yeah. being the head idiot. So, and you are on our show for Baby Driver. Baby Driver, which, which is out on
2: Blu ray and DVD. So you can on go Monday. back
1: and watch, and like, you know what the cadence of the yeah. show is. You offered like so much behind the scenes footage, which, like for me as a movie lover, I get to talk about movies, but I also get to learn about movies. It's part when of the you process. Research- when you research the stuff. To me, that's what I did in college. I love that. So that's what anatomy of a movie is. We usually run about an hour and a half or so. We dive deep into the movie, and uh, it's great. We're not there to hate. We're there to love, even though on the panel, some of us might like a movie Mm -hmm. a little bit more than the other. That's all good. We might all hate the movie together. (laughs) We might all love the movie together, but we welcome the customer, or the customer, we welcome the viewer to come on in Join that discussion. Did you love, hate? What did you like? What did we miss? Yeah. So that's what Anatomy of the Movie is all about.
2: Well, obviously, as as we're talking about, you know, the show and Baby Driver being out on Monday, um, we're talking about the new releases at the moment, and obviously the week's big film news, but I have to mention the fact that uh, uh, next Friday, um, the new film from Chadwick Boseman, uh, Josh Gad, Kate Hudson, Dan Stevens, seriously, the cast of this movie is absolutely amazing. Sterling K. Brown, obviously we know from This Is Us, uh, James Cromwell, babe,
1: Yep, Babe. I mean, everybody says
2: L.A. Confidential is his favorite movie. I'm going with Babe.
1: Star Trek First Contact.
2: Oh, God, I forgot about that one. Uh, well, there in the film called Marshall. And it's based on a true story. Um, and before he became the first African-American Supreme Court Justice, uh, his, his full name was Thurgood Marshall. Uh, he was a man on a mission. Now, a lot of critics have seen this movie already. Yeah. Sadly, I haven't, um, but I've heard nothing but great things about the movie, which is amazing. Uh, Marshall out. is sensational, uh, powerful, outstanding, one of the best movies of the year. Uh, so if you want to discover the one motion picture event that will uh, inspire and prob- possibly have you cheering which well, does happen happened. in movie theatres over here. It never used to happen in the UK. <laughs> People do cheer. Really? Movies. Oh, yeah. It's quite a somber affair in the UK. Um, then you should probably check out Marshall. It's going to be in theatres uh, from October the 13th. The rating is PG, so you can take your family, take your friends, take the little ones um, at PG-13. And it may be inappropriate for the younger ones, but if you know if they're worldly-wise or you want to teach them some lessons... It's historical. It's... You know, it's important stuff to, that we all need to know, absolutely. whether you agree with it or not. It's good to have the sure. knowledge. It always informs a discussion and an it, argument. And
1: anything that could leave you feeling good leaving a movie theatre to, in, in today's world, yeah. I'm all for
2: that. 100%. So Marshall is going to be in movie theatres from October the 13th. It's PG-13. The cast is amazing, yeah. and critics love it. So we're idea. talking about Outsiders for the award season. Sure.
1: Marshall could Possibly
2: be Possibly a chance that Marshall could be one of those. Um... Let's talk about yeah. <clears throat> James Cameron and Kate Winslet yeah. re-teaming again. Last time was Titanic. <clears throat> mm-hmm. They have spoken about their good friendship, yep. their ongoing relationship yep. as, as creatives. There hasn't been a project yet that James has wanted to bring her in on. This is the one. Now, sure. Avatar. Yeah. I am not a fan of Avatar. Okay. I respect it. Great. It's okay. creatively excellent. Didn't love it. Did not see what everybody else saw in it. Okay, I'm quite interested though in Kate Winslet. Me too. In okay. it because I think it's going to elevate the product to a slightly different level rather than rehashing and doing the same. Sure. No. Absolutely. But
1: yeah, I, I agree <laughs> with that. I, I did love Avatar, so mm. this is this is great. We have different billions opinions. of people
2: did by the way. Sure. So I'm I'm not the norm in that.
1: Yeah. No. I I loved Avatar. Uh, I think that putting Kate Winslet in this movie, I was very excited. Uh, you know, it's it, it, them working together again. Plus, it reaffirms that Kate Winslet, what she believes in James Cameron as a writer-director, she's not going to take a, dope, a dumpy role. Mm. And you know that he's not going to write or collaborate and <clears throat> make a role for her that isn't a good woman character, whether she's a Navi, because we don't. Do we exactly know what her capacity? Is she going to be human or is she going to be a... Like, well, I believe we know the
2: character name. I'm not okay. aware. I, I certainly haven't seen the, the character that she'll right. be playing.
1: So, you know, I think that her coming back is like saying, hey, I want to work with you again. I trust in you as a filmmaker and a storyteller. Yeah. I think this is... I think it's a great... I think it's. it only helps, like you said, elevate the movie. Mm. I think.
2: So... Do you think this would open the door for maybe... Another t- uh, Titanic star. To like perhaps. Leonardo? I was thinking Billy Zane.
1: Billy- to be honest
2: <laughs> with you. I mean, he, he's available. Well, what's he doing? He's not, he's not busy. <laughs> you know, everybody goes Leo. I thought but he poor was old Billy. I
1: thought he was one of the Navi and Avatar. Maybe I mean, he no. was. Maybe he was Who one of the know? background actors.
2: You know, I'm Billy. just saying. Yeah, I didn't, it's that, funny when I say Titanic, well, everyone been. goes Leo. And oh, I'm like, David no, Warner. Yeah, yeah. David Warner. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> that could be a possibility. Uh, some other interesting news uh, th- this week. Um, we heard that Judy Greer um, is going to be playing Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter in the new Halloween movie. Now, the more I hear about this, the more excited I'm getting about it. And I've been very lucky. that there's, there's some stories that came out from, from Jason Blum uh, this week, from obviously Blumhouse Productions. Right. Um, and I, I've, I've spoken to Jason a few times over the last sort of, couple of weeks. I, I, and the fact that John Carpenter is involved in this as well... sure. I like the direction that this is going. There's talk of James. There's a lot of talk of James Franco making an appearance. There is no word on that yet. I think if James Franco does make an appearance, I'm going to assume it's not going to be a major role. I haven't heard. I, I, I'm not. You know, I'm going to assume it's like a, a smaller, possibly like a celebrity kill. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, Judy Greer is someone that I think is still massively underused. Agreed by TV and film generally, agreed, which I don't quite understand. Yeah, I don't She's she has
1: an amazing personality, mm. she's someone that I would love to meet. She's very, yeah. Um, here's my whole take on ha- Halloween is my favorite horror movie, the, the original, the John Carpenter. Yeah. Favorite horror movie, and that's another movie that I can break down and dissect, <clears throat> like you know, uh, in my sleep. Um, so. I'm a fan of the series. I'm very intrigued. I was very excited by them bringing Jamie Lee Curtis back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um oh, I tweeted about that news. I was very ecstatic. My head was going to explode. I love that picture. But it just made me wonder okay, how? And what does this mean? Does it mean they're retconning Halloween resurrection? Does it like how are they going to do this. I don't care. She's back. And like you said, John Carpenter is in a producer capacity. He said he would do the music, too, which yeah, yeah. I think would be great. So once they announced <laughs> this news, mm-hmm. then it got me to thinking, okay, I like it, but what does that mean? Mm. Because big fan of Halloween, as I said. Yep. I also enjoy Halloween too. Mm-hmm. Halloween 3 is what Halloween 3 was. It's an experiment. Yeah. I get what they were trying to do. It didn't work at the time. Okay. Then you get the return of Michael Myers, which brings up Jamie Lloyd, who is the daughter of Laurie Strode. That's who Michael Myers is going after. That continues on to Five in the Curse. And then they sort of kind of retcon those movies with H2O. And then H2O comes out. And H2O is like a perfect bookend. It's short. It's sweet. It's efficient. It's tense. Michael Myers, Laurie Strode facing off. It is a great 20th homage and ode to the great Halloween. Then, resur- then Resurrection happens, which all in all... Shouldn't have happened. Well, it shouldn't have, but I want you to think of something regarding Resurrection. It is probably the only movie in the entire series where Michael Myers is actually in his own right to kill people off. Resurrection is a home invasion movie. Yeah. It's mother. Yeah. <laughs> it's mother. It's like all these people come into his house and he's like, "What the hell? Man, get out of my house." Yep. Um but they kill off Laurie Strode, a very unceremoniously and it's just, I didn't like how they brought Michael Myers back after his, his having his head lopped off so does judy greer retcon because in h2o she has a son
2: well i might i might be um wrong in saying this but i believe this is basically going to go back to the um the happenings in the first movies
0: actually, yeah actually um, i reported this a bit well not reported but like i rehashed this in um the horror movie news mm. it's actually covering the first two films of this of the franchise and they're canning uh, any of her previous children, and just having a uh, Judy Greer as her uh, daughter for the film. Okay, for the new Halloween.
1: Yeah, but okay, well, then... which
2: I mean, Hollywood uh, can kind of take that license. But to be honest with you, Halloween three, which I did not like the first time I saw it, I'm kind of in love with that movie now. You know, it's I a really good appreciate Stone it. Yeah, type of a uh, it's it's I. It's completely unrelated to anything else in the season. It completely unrelated to any other Halloween
1: film. But Dan Orley is is amazing as the villain. It is a good story on its own. Mm. It's only... I don't want to call it a mistake, but what John Carpenter and Deborah Hill wanted to do was they didn't just want to rehash Michael Myers' movies. They wanted to use the Halloween moniker to make horror movies and release them on Halloween. Mm. But they wanted to do almost anthology Twilight Zone-ish kind of have a little, maybe a little twist here and there. I understand their inspiration, yeah. But it was because they had Halloween audiences came in, so they weren't expecting witches and Stonehenge, yeah, and masks and what the hell is going on here, yeah. <laughs> but when you distance yourself from that, I agree with you. It's it's really it's a great, it's not a good a movie. Bad, it's a good standalone movie. It's it's a good horror movie. Yeah, great movie. So I don't. I am not. I'm not on top with this idea that. Uh, they're going to retcon H2O. Do you know what? It's just too good of a
2: movie. But I'll take it.
1: You know, I mean, you know, I just, g-
2: I'm just. I'm just. I am would just really like to see a good Halloween movie because a lot <laughs> of the ones in the middle, they did sag. You know, and yeah. like you're saying, H2O was a really good return to form, but the rest of the franchise kind of just sagged for me a little bit.
1: I, I enjoyed the return of Michael Myers, uh, Daniel Harris. Yeah. Um, five brought in this whole mythology that was just stupid. Uh, the curse of Michael Myers was awful. Yes, I don't care if you're watching the producer's cut or not and then H2O, but then Resurrection just like
2: ruined, it. ruined it for everyone. Dumbest
1: way to bring Michael Myers back. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. I'm I'm thrilled beyond belief about this new Halloween.
2: It's shaping day. up really really nicely. Yeah, I can't wait. I discovered that um that John Carpenter is going to be um, in a comic store like a block from my house. Mm. Um in a couple of weeks. Uh, I I saw that, and I almost peed my pants.
1: He's also uh, on tour.
2: He is, yeah. Uh, Not
1: with the Bowling Green Orchestra, but he is out there performing uh, his movie themes and his lost themes. Uh, So he's on tour. He's going to be in Hollywood on uh, Halloween, Mm -hmm. October 31st. And uh, he's going to be in Anaheim, and he's going to be all over the place. So look for tickets for that.
2: Actually, in this month, there's a lot of really good um, movie uh, Halloween stuff Mm -hmm. going on. Um, I mean, I'm going to see uh, Night of the Living Dead at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery with some friends. Because, I mean, where else do you watch a classic zombie movie (laughs) apart from in a bloody graveyard? (laughs) I offered for my wife to come with me and some friends. She was like, nah, I'm good. I was like, come on! She's not a big horror fan anyway, but I was like, come on, in the graveyard, what could possibly go wrong? Apart from the resurrection of dead people who ate your brains.
1: Maybe. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't know whether you're watching My Little Living Dead, I just, I, I don't know. I have a thing about... Just pay your respects to the dead. I, I have a thing about watching movies in a cemetery. Just, uh, just in general,
2: I'll go to other outside venues. They don't get their fans out. It's they're very good.
1: I, I, well, they are yeah, they're very good. They don't, there's no rustling yeah.
2: of, of like popcorn and stuff. Yeah, I, no, I get I, it. I, I, I get it. I mean, I was I found it quite weird the first time I went, but actually, it's in a very respectful place, mm-hmm. um, and it's done really nicely, and they have maximum respect mm-hmm. for for the fact that it is a place where people are buried. Yeah. Um, so you know they heavily, you know they are heavily sort of security wise. On top of that, um, it's just it's a great spot. Yeah, I, I
1: get it. You know, I, I, get I, it. I
2: get I get the sentiment, well, but
1: what I'm doing tomorrow, and this yeah. is Halloween related. Mm. And if you are in Southern California, in South Pasadena, they actually have a uh, a Halloween exhibit in which there will be some uh, uh, art, Halloween type of art, mm. f- like uh mondo type i guess sure i haven't been there yet also um this this photographer is gottlieb who worked with james carpenter on five films and she came up with a beautiful coffee table book uh that has her photographs wow of behind the scenes and i thought the stuff on halloween is amazing the cool thing about this is it's by the halloween house <sighs> so if anything I'm going just so I can snap pictures of the house. The artwork, like I've got plenty of Halloween art prints hanging up in my house. I don't necessarily need more. Yeah. I'll always look. <laughs> but uh, Well, it's
2: all, yeah, it's good to, to take a look. But so. Halloween
1: house. Absolutely. awesome. awesome. Uh,
2: I will tell you a little interesting fact, actually, about someone who used to live in the Halloween house. Um, Juno Temple, mm-hmm. her family used to live in that house. Really, mm. I interviewed her for the film *Horns* a couple of years ago, um, and yeah, so she she grew up in that house. Her, her dad Julian, no, the who's Michael the documentary Myers filmmaker.
1: house, or the other house on Orange Street. It yeah, was the Michael, name, house, the Michael Myers house. Michael Myers house.
2: Michael Myers house. house. Yeah. yeah, and they used to get people who would come and stand in their front lawn <laughs> and sure. like take their pictures. And she was a kid; she hadn't seen the movie. She was like, "Why is everybody standing in my front yard?" <laughs> And it's Yeah, it's it was because it was the house from Halloween. So <clears throat> yeah. there you go. Uh, let's That's talk about awesome. some other movie news for yeah, the week. We've absolutely. got about uh, 24 minutes left yeah. on the show. So um, Gore Verbinski, um is looking like he's going to direct Gambit with sure. Channing Tatum in the league role. Um, what, are you, what are you thinking about that? I mean, he's had uh, critical and economical hits and misses and absolutely. creative hits and misses. Sure. Listen, I think he's a very solid director.
1: Uh, this gives him an opportunity to get back into the commercial side of things um you can't take you know he did uh the ring obviously he did the first 3 pirates movies to great success and i think in part those movies were successful because of his direction yeah um and then after that he did you know this little movie called the lone ranger but he also did that yeah. animated movie with Johnny Depp which was really oh, good the one with the, the lizards yeah the um, one with the lizard that's the one, yeah. The one with the Geico
2: lizard, yeah. What was it called? It was Rango. Rango. Yeah. That's right. Good movie. He did a really probably good job. his best movie in about eight years. Well, after Pirates, for
1: sure. Yeah. Um, I think he's a, he he's, he can be a very good visual storyteller. Him going into the superhero and doing Gambit, uh, and getting to work with Channing Tatum, I, I think for him it's a score.
2: Um, we obviously London Film Festival is going on at the moment. I mean, one of our um, one of our regular viewers, a guy called Sean Wren. Um, Are you Sean? Uh, hey, uh, is just saying he's got out of a screening of Stronger at oh, the London okay. Film Festival. Yeah, now yeah, this yeah. is a movie I've been championing for for quite a while. Um, wow, was his reaction. He's saying that Jake um, and Masalani uh, could get Oscar nominations, um, with potentially Jake winning Best Actor. Now. I think that we were talking about awards earlier. I think that's totally believable. But I think Miranda Richardson in this mm-hmm. movie is phenomenal. To be honest with you, for me, there was nothing bad about this movie. It's, it's in my top three movies of the year. Um, it, it's a movie that is not getting the audience here in the US that it deserves. We're always going on about how there are not great movies and, you know, nothing, you know, no great stories, no, you know, the acting is terrible and this and that. Stronger is just one of the best movies you will see this year. So I would expect that to be nominated and possibly win a slew of awards. Right. But audiences should be engaging with it more. Yeah,
1: I think, well, I think it's twofold. I think, um, number one, it is, about, it is about the aftermath of the Boston uh, Marathon bombing. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it's dealing with that. You had that earlier picture, Patriots Day, that came out mm-hmm. by Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Um, And um, I forget the director's name right now. It was Peter Berg. Uh, Peter Berg. Yeah, you know uh, that movie didn't do Gangbusters Mm. as as uh, they had hoped. They didn't do as it it had hoped. And I think there was some backlash because of the Mark Wahlberg character. It's tough. It's 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 tough to do a movie about this type of tragedy. You know, whether it's a nine eleven. Yeah, it's hard. Like these are movies. Like there were stories. That can be inspirational, mm-hmm. told from these tragedies, but people sometimes just don 't want to go back, regardless of whatever inspirational take there could be because mm. it 's painful for me to for me to go see stronger being i 'm from Boston and what that meant um, and i 've heard that Jake is fantastic mm. it 's still a tough take yeah. um, to do, and and I know it 's not focused on so much the bombing as it is his finding his humanity again, yeah. his recouping. Uh, his trying to get a modicum of humanity back inside him because he carries yeah. a lot of anger. Yeah. And, uh, and from what I understand of just knowing that character, he had a very rough time, mm. and there was a lot of anger. And it, it's, hand, it's so.
2: handled brilliantly in yeah. the film, to be honest with yeah. you. Um, Todd and David, who produced it um, at Mandalay Films, They this is, I think, the fifth film they've made in Boston. Mm -hmm. and so they have a very good relationship with the people of the city and they got clearance from the guys that they were going to tell this story the way they were going to tell it Right? Um, they had very good reasons for why they didn't have someone who was an amputee to play the lead role they used a lot of people who dealt with the, the guy at the centre of the movie in real life, the, right. the guys who fitted his amputation replacements, his fake legs, um, they're the guys that did it for him in real life. Yeah. The therapy nurses are the people that helped him in real life. So it, it, it's a difficult watch. And I, I'll be honest with you, it, it broke me as a movie. Um, huh. But it, I, I was in floods of tears, and it was one of the movies that have touched me the most in the last possibly two to three years. wow It's, it's a beautifully done movie. Yeah. It is not an easy watch, but it is just a phenomenal piece of cinema and a brilliant telling of the story.
1: Yeah, I in and, and I wouldn't dispute it. I haven't seen it, but you know, one like we're living in a very I think quasi we're 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 living in a difficult day and age mm. today. Um and various shootings, political things mm. happening, whatever. I won't get into all that. But you know, you you know what we're living in today. And what we're dealing with. And for me, movies now have an opportunity to truly entertain. And they should take people's minds off stuff. So that's why I think movies like that, as fantastic as they can be. Mm. They're just hard because people don't want to go in for two hours, I believe. And already bear that strength of drama. Because it's just hard. Because I think everyday life today, Mm. with everything happening is a lot of drama too. And this is based off of a true story
2: Yeah, which I would 100% tough. agree with. However, I think it makes it even more important to engage with it because sure. we we often talk about... And, you know, Las Vegas is, is a great example of this. We often talk about things like the issues of, of terrorism, gun crime, et cetera, et cetera. This... We often talk about this side of the story. Right. And what happens when the bullet leaves a gun or a bomb goes off. We never really look at the... After effects, Mm -hmm. the human side, the person that the bullet goes into, the person affected by the bomb blast. We don't often talk about that. And I think if we talked about that a bit more and we put a face Mm
1: -hmm.
2: to the result and we put a life to the result and we saw the effects of something, Mm -hmm. I think perhaps people would be more open about talking about things on a more open platform. And again I think it's it's terrorism it's gun control it's so many issues right we often stop at here's my view here's my cause
1: mm-hmm.
2: we don't often because it's it is hard to look at the effect yeah. right and I think if we did that I, I think we'd all have a, a fuller picture I'm not saying it would change opinions no, but when I, you put when you put a face I, to a situation I think right. it it Changes and,
1: and I don't disagree. You're extremely valid points, and I'm, and please, I don't want to be misunderstood as saying sweep it under the rug. Yeah, like put your head in
2: the sand. It's it not didn't easy. Exist. It's an act of terrorism. It's right. not an easy thing to swallow, um, especially in your hometown. Yeah,
1: no, yeah, it, it's. It, it, I, that's not what I suggest. Like, like put your head in the sand. It didn't happen mm. because it did happen. Um, I'm just saying that I think it's just hard. Yeah, it for is for mass audiences. Um, because of everything, like to go to that, like it would be hard for me i 'm not saying that i won 't see it mm. um, it 's just like me right now uh you know i 'm on i 'm on sabbatical like i won 't see cancer movies yeah it 's something that deeply affected my life and it'll, it 'll and so i just i don 't need that in my life mm. i don 't care how good of a movie it is yeah i just don 't need it when I go to a movie for two hours. Because I've lived through a lot, and mm. don't need it. I, you know, it could be the best movie. Could win Best Picture. Hey, kudos. Yeah, <laughs> don't need it. Yeah. So I think it's just hard. You see, I think
2: that is that is a valid excuse.
1: Right.
2: Uh, I think people g- generally going. I don't want to. I don't want to look at that. Yeah. I, I think that these are the people that I think need to perhaps see it the most. Yeah, and they're
1: very good movies, too. Yeah, it's not
2: like Hallmark movie of the week. It's like, oh, no, my legs got blown off. (laughs) This is so sad. I'll learn to walk again. Everyone's happy. This guy's life is absolutely destroyed. Right. 100% destroyed. His relationships, his work environment, his friends, instantly, the minute he's in a wheelchair, people talk. there are guys in a bar who are talking about a conspiracy theory. Maybe you were part of it. It changes this man's world 100%. 100%. Right. It's like a completely different alien life. Yeah. And I think we often don't we don't think about you're that You're absolutely
1: sometimes. right. It, it, you're right.
2: While, you? while we're talking about, obviously, um, the tragic events in Las Vegas this week, um, there are a couple of premieres that were um, either toned down or cancelled this week. Marshall sure. was one of them. Blade Runner was, was toned down. There was no press on the red carpet. Um, but also, it's, it's New York Comic Con this week, and Marvel have taken the decision to, um, to pull Punisher from that event, mm-hmm. um, and to, to delay um, the release of the series. Um, this often happens um, when we have it. I remember after 9-11, um, Swordfish was in movie right. theatres, which starts out with mm. a terrorist attack. Um, was not similar to what happened that on nine eleven at all, but it was pulled from from movie theaters. This does happen when there was a, an incident um, uh, la- year before last. There was um, shooter was right, was, was pulled from it, right. USA, right. Um, And that that was delayed. Um, I I sometimes wonder if that's the best thing. If it's not directly related, I understand the sentiment. But I just wonder sometimes, and this is coming from someone who's a liberal, if if the reasoning behind that is entirely
1: altruistic or do they think they have a stinker on their hands? Yeah. And they're they're looking for an excuse. Punisher so far, to be honest with you, has
2: had pretty strong reviews. And and there is there is more anticipation for that than, say, Iron Fist. Yeah. You know, Um,
1: it's it's a very great topic to talk about um, because it affects us. And yeah. the who go to movies yeah, and yeah. things, and and it's very interesting because the other day I was at the movies and I think I was seeing American Made, and I saw the trailer for Death Wish, mm-hmm. the Bruce Willis movie. Yeah, and I was like, "Ew." Okay, I get it, but with all of this discussion, because it's back again about gun control. Yeah, this is sort of kind of going against gun control, and I get it. I've seen the original Death Wish. I know what it's about. Yep. I get it but I was like wondering how are they are they just going to ignore the events and maybe take their shots because I have they there's potential that they will get some criticism about how can you show this movie now
0: Mm.
1: um it was something that I, I thought about and it's I get it uh social political stuff can affect what we see how we see thematically what we see in the movies um, I think in some cases, I think that their I think the, their heart is in the right place. Yeah, and to to take it out of Comic Con uh, to to de- at least delay the release, mm. I think at least for the time being, in a way, that's their gun control. To have a movie like Shooter coming out or, or a television series, um, it's 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 a way that Hollywood it's Hollywood's gun control. You know what I'm saying? It's it's curbing that. Let things settle. We'll give it a good break when it comes out. I know a lot of people were probably looking uh, to see Punisher at, at Comic Con yep. hey, or Comic Con. Yep. Um, I just think it's it's. I think the heart in this case with Hollywood, I think their heart's in the right place. Yeah, I understand why they could why they might do it because why take unnecessary hits? Mm. Because then it becomes then that show which should be just for entertainment purposes only, yeah. it could become a political hotbed. Some That's politician could point at it and say, how irresponsible of Hollywood when it has nothing to do with. So I think it's just their way of saying, you know, we don't need those hits. We don't need those. We don't need political hits. Yeah. We just want to entertain people, and people like the property.
2: Well, I mean, we won't stay on this for too long, but sure. I think it is an issue that has to to be addressed. I mean, oh, there, there's there's Don Draper in the chat who said that we're getting political, so he's out of here. So sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry to lose you, Don, but it, it's all it's all part of the well, tapestry, we, how we have political movies, political thrillers, topics yeah. are going to affect the industry. And,
1: and, Hollywood has pulled back releases. I mean, you're talking it's about nine eleven, 11 right? Spider-Man changed their marketing, the Tobey Maguire. The original thing was he ha- he was on mm-hmm. the world trade center. Yeah. They completely took that out. So
2: Well also, um, I mean the, the it was interesting the the brave this week on uh, on NBC um was was saying that they it's basically to do with um uh, American government's anti-terrorism mm-hmm. units going overseas and, and, and fighting terrorism. Um and they put a warning before the show. They didn't pull it. And that was the, that was the night after the that was the night of the the shootings. It was a Sunday or Monday. Um And so they they continue to show it. So I always find it quite interesting why some people do decide to... And again, that was not connected to what happened in Vegas. But obviously around the gun issue, people are going to be more sensitive. I think that is a very good way to do it.
1: Absolutely. But I think
2: it kind of has to be up to the individual broadcasters to make their own call on it. But I think if it's not connected to it, it's not like it was someone shooting into a crowd. I think there's kind of a justification for it still Mm -hmm. being shown. But again, these are things that happen in real life that we can't shy away from. We can't ignore, whatever your political or personal view is, we can't deny. And it affects us as movie watchers, as
1: moviegoers. I do I feel really bad of losing Don Draper because of this conversation. I really do. He'll be be back
2: another week. It's fine. I
1: I still feel bad because I don't think that it's political. I think it is something that affects movie going. Mm. And I do think that it affects... It's affecting Comic-Con going.
2: Yeah. It affects
1: us as fans.
2: It affects pop culture. And, you know... And that's not as a political thing. It's the fact that something that is terrible, and I think anybody from any political position can agree that what happens in Las Vegas and has happened many times before and will unfortunately probably happen many times after, is a terrible thing.
1: I just feel really shitty that it happens to be in a show that I'm on and you're losing audience.
2: (laughs) Well, no, it's it's (laughs) fine. It's fine. No, but (laughs) I I think, you know, life influences art and art will influence life. And I think that's unfortunately the the thing that is going to be a continual cycle. It's not even a political thing. It's just a fact of life. It is. Um, So I think, you know, I, I think it's always interesting to see how the industry reacts to incidents that, that do happen. Sure. So there's a lot of other news we do need to cover as yeah. well. Um, let's talk about Todd McFarlane uh, okay. saying this week that uh, uh, his new Spawn movie, again, which is uh, coming from Jason Blum and Blumhouse, right. um, is going to earn its hard R rating. Which sure. I am a Spawn apologist. Um, I like the first Spawn movie. Me it's too. It's heavily flawed. Uh-huh. But I do enjoy it.
1: Keith David's great. Yeah. I mean... He really was. And I got to meet him at Son of Palooza. Mm. And this is a guy, The Thing. Uh, they live. Uh, Platoon. This guy's been in a ton of stuff. I didn't hate the first Spawn movie. I thought mm. they did actually, given the technology that they had yeah, the at time, the time. The movie looked pretty good. I thought it was R. <laughs> <laughs> it was R. It was pretty violent. Um is it time for another Spawn movie? Well, why wouldn't it be? Because it's, you know, we're, we're, we're in that There's a whole new generation thing. who
2: haven't even seen the original Spawn movie. Or
1: read the comic book. And
2: it's not like it's one of those movies that is kind of repeated on cable and stuff no, all the time. I don't even know if it's on streaming. I haven't seen it. So, no. yeah. I mean, I, I have it on Blu-ray because I'm a...
0: Wait, like actually, it's on it's on Netflix right now. Oh, it is on Netflix.
2: Yeah, this is something with Netflix that I find. I mean, I don't know whether it's because I'm getting older, um, but it's so difficult to find <laughs> some is things. Your birthday today. It is my birthday today. Um, th- it is so difficult to find some things on Netflix, and there's some really good stuff buried deep in Netflix. That it's actually quite difficult to right. find. It's like having Such a, a movie
1: library, yeah. And sometimes it's hard to find the movie. But someone's put half your it's
2: Blu-rays br- behind a brick wall,
1: or they're yeah. not alphabetized.
2: Yeah, <laughs> What? <laughs> it's it's just it's just the craziest thing. Yeah. Even going through by genre, sometimes it's like, this that movie's not in there, but it's in your Netflix <laughs> library. Um, so that kind of annoys me. Uh, let's talk about okay. This is a story that I I spoke to um. Uh, bill condon on uh tuesday um sure. it's the, uh, the the re-release of dream girls on blu-ray and dvd right. um and so i had a conversation with him he's in london at the moment doing uh, pre-production work on bride of frankenstein yep <laughs> uh so i did a piece for forbes the full interview is on uh, forbes.com if you'd like to check it out um and he was telling me that it was going to start on this is tuesday <laughs> Hollywood, it's amazing. Uh, February 1st, that was their start date. They were building sets. He was working with some of the team of Beauty and the Beast. Everything was laid out. Javier signed on. He's ready, good to go. February 1st. Asked him about Angelina Jolie. He's like, he couldn't confirm. It's kind of stuff is happening. And, you know, maybe. It was a very heavily weighted, yes, but she hasn't put pen to paper.
0: Right.
2: And then, yesterday, <laughs> it's off. It's off! Universal have taken Bride of Frankenstein off the slate, and it's now not gonna start shooting in February.
1: Yeah, I, I heard that too. Yeah. I'm kind of bummed. Well, I'm, I have mixed. Okay. Uh, I have mixed. And I'll tell you why. Uh, if you saw us on Anatomy of a movie when we broke down the mummy, not a good movie. The mummy was supposed to kick off this whole dark universe. Yeah. And at the time, at that time, uh, they had already announced Bride of Frankenstein*. Mm-hmm. It was going to fall under this dark universe. Thing, yeah, right. It was. Um, and uh, my whole, here's my whole thing. Number one, if you're going to spend all this time and attention and money and building up this universe, fine, okay. Why then? A, did you remake the Mummy, which has been remade, remade, remade? Mm-hmm. Why don't go back to doing Dracula? Don't because it's been done before. And The Bride of Frankenstein is held by many to be in the top ten of horror movies, period. Mm. As a sequel, as a movie on its own, there are very big shoes to fill in doing that movie. Yeah. And I was, we've seen different Frankenstein movies, even some Wolfman movies, and I'm like, okay, Dark Universe, I, I always said, why aren't you doing Creature from the Black Lagoon? When has there ever been a remake of that? Yeah. Never. Why not The Invisible Man? When has there been a remake of that? And that movie is extremely dark. Yeah, if you watch the original it's a great movie, it's a great, it great is movie. A great movie. It, like, pick movies that you haven't already made ad nauseum that people may not be as familiar with anymore. Don't remake a movie that is loved. But that's by also, many.
2: That, I I agree with you. But that's also on the flip side, mm-hmm. the fact that these things are known by people. It is a lot easier to sell them. I mean, obviously, the mummy didn't really work. But to sell them on something they're already familiar with than having to go, what is the Invisible Man? But, what is the Creature from the Black Lagoon? To to start building that again. do
1: know Creature. It just doesn't have... I mean, Bride of Frankenstein has critical yeah. love. Horror movie fan love. Mm. Creature from the Black Lagoon, the same. But in today's marketplace... It's creature is so marketable that it'll be a different movie and it is so greatly marketable that you should do that. Make a good monster movie. Don't we've had different Frankenstein movies that just have Mm. not worked. I'm not. This isn't against Bill Condon because what you missed out between movie was on movie off somewhere in the middle, they said oh, this movie's not going to be part of the Dark Universe. Mm. (laughs) And I was like, well, it's great that you've been spending so much time and attention and building this thing up. If it's not going to... What are you... It just... What are you doing?
2: Like, what are you doing? Angelina Jolie would be great. I think she'd be great. And I'm also really excited because Bill is a director that I really like. A lot of his smaller projects that have not perhaps got the acclaim or the recognition that they should have got. I mean, Gods and Monsters is an amazing movie. Kinsey, I which, think, is a really nice piece of work. What's Gods very and accomplished. Monsters about? Uh, James Whale, the director of... Exactly. Right. So he. Uh, <laughs> that's why one of the reasons I love the fact that he's yeah. making this movie is because he, when he spoke to me this week, was like, this is the third Frankenstein movie... That he think James would have made if James was around in 2017. Right. This guy knows James Whale. Yeah, he knows his stuff. He's a James Whale fan. So this is really a continuation of James's legacy yeah. in a 2017 studio movie or 2018, 2019, whatever it will be now. Um, and I, I, I trust him on this. So I was kind I, of I do too. Yeah, I, yeah. So I was kind of surprised that they've gone. Let's yeah. just shelve this for a while. Apparently, yeah. it's to work on the script. I haven't seen the script. I haven't read the script. I, I, I don't think the script is hugely important. I mean, it'd help. <laughs> it, it, it's, I think it's, it
1: helps. It's it's, it's, it's it's important. It's a guideline. Uh, but it's not,
2: you know, I just, I really want to see dramatically what he can do. And I think a lot of it will be mood. I think a lot of it will be design. I think a lot of it will be sound. Um, and I think a lot of it will be cast. And I think perhaps a, a good script is really important in any movie. But I think with all of those other components, mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll see.
1: I, I just I think that that Universal after the Mummy, although it did great internationally, yeah. I, I, I think they were a little gun shy. Yeah. And again, I always it's just such a tough movie because it is so beloved that yeah. If you just screw it up a little, yeah. Like because you're not doing Beauty and the Beast because you're gonna get that crowd in there. You're gonna get the girls to go see it, mm. right? You can change it a little bit here. that's still gonna do great horror we're a little bit of a different breed. We love we you know we, we you know we love the genre, mm. especially when it's awesome. And you know, when you do a remake, uh Rob Zombie's Halloween movies. Yeah. You know, it's it's tough and when when a movie that is as near perfect as The Bride of Frankenstein and many say that they like it better than its original, mhm. It does that that crazy feat. It's just that it's tough. Not that Bill Condon can't do it, not that he doesn't have familiarity with the subject matter. Mm. It's just hard. And the way that Universal will market it, that's another thing. Who are they gonna go out for? Are they gonna try to get that mummy crowd? It's hard to do all seven of
2: them. (laughs) Perhaps (laughs) they can invite them. It's just fly them in. It's just a great
1: picture. It's just hard to you don't want to make it too highbrow and you can't make it too lowbrow. Yeah. It's just big shoes. But I'll, I'll be tough. honest with
2: you. We we're talking about scripts. I mean, some of my favorite horror movies have shit scripts. <laughs> Chopping Mal is one of my favorite horror movies of like, all time.
1: But Diabolically bad scripts. <laughs> terrible scripts. But again, it's your favorite.
2: <laughs> but it's just <laughs> yeah. a great horror movie.
1: For what it is. Yeah. It's awesome. You'll love
2: it. I love it. There you go.
1: And I, and I don't disagree with that, but I don't think Bride of Frankenstein is going for that. No. I don't think they're going for exploding heads.
2: No, and like robots <laughs> and, and robots. stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Fast and Furious. And there's chopping there's a couple Mal. of things around that. A chopping Mile's amazing. <laughs> Come on, man. That's it that's is. a supreme it's movie. It's
1: funny that we're talking Bride of
2: Frankenstein. Love it. Chopping Mile. just
1: took a left Bride of Chopping Mouth. I love
2: it. Uh, Fast and Furious um, has been pushed back. Another film that's been pushed back to 2020. Um, and also news this week that the uh, Fast and Furious spin off is due in twenty nineteen. Looks like apparently uh Shane Black could be in line to direct that. I, I like mean that. yesterday that to me is I'm good. I like Shane Black. I think Nice Guys was criminally underseen oh last my year. God Great it was movie.
1: crazily underseen. I'm a huge Shane Black fan. Uh I'm a last Boy Scout uh, and Long Kiss Goodnight, Apologist. I, I love those movies, his writing. Um, you and I were talking about this before we went live. I'm on board with it even prior to knowing that Shane Black may be involved because yeah. it's taking the characters that I love the most in the last Fast and Furious movie, which is mm. The
2: Rock and Jason Statham.
1: I mean, you can't deny that the chemistry that those two had together... It's the best thing in the movie.
2: And they I were wasn't the, a f- fan of the last Fast and Furious. I didn't hate it.
1: But, but they definitely stayed them showed a great sense of humor, mm. and I was like, these two together, yeah. make a great duo. And as soon as I had heard, because they, they they were talking about this last summer,
2: yeah, I was
1: like, yeah, I I get it, and it would probably work because those two really have good chemistry.
2: I would look I mean I would I would watch that. I mean I'm a big sure. fan of both of those guys. Um and I just think like I say they were the best thing in the last movie and it's I don't think it's necessarily because the rest of the movie was particularly bad. I think that they were just so much better than what that movie was offering.
1: Yeah, and they had a lot more of the entertaining parts, like Jason Statham with the baby yeah. scene. It was great. Also, I just want
2: to see more <laughs> Helen Mirren in there. Because I thought Helen Mirren, <laughs> is great. As, as as Jason Statham's mum, yeah. was genius. Genius. Absolute yeah. genius. I great. loved it. it.
1: I loved seeing somebody like, you know, the Queen. Yeah. <laughs> is in a fast I'll tell you what, though. Movie. Helen I Mirren has that. got a
2: filthy mouth. Yeah. Every, I, I've heard her personally, and every single person I know that's worked with her, I like... She's got a mouth like a sailor.
1: God bless her.
2: Uh, yes, I mean I love it. I think it's brilliant. Uh, she should, I'd love to see her exercise that a bit more. How
1: awesome was she in Excalibur? She's awesome in everything. <laughs> yeah. I
2: could literally watch her read a grocery list and shove a couple of fucks in, and I'll be more than happy. <laughs> Maybe a dick joke, and you, you know we're rolling. Uh, now we were talking about horror, horror earlier, um, and yeah. Zias Lou in the chat is uh, saying, "Speaking of horror films, have any of us caught the new Chucky movie?" I have. Oh. I watched it. I nice. got sent a preview disc. And can I just say, a lot of people often talk about the, 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 the Child's Play or Chucky franchise, and they wonder why movies, th- th- that franchise, are not being released in theatres. They're being released straight mm-hmm. to Blu-ray and DVD and and streaming. It's going to be on Netflix, although the Netflix one will be the not the unrated one. It'll be a cut version. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yes, that That's... came out this week. So it's... if you want to see the unrated version, you do need to buy or rent the Blu-ray or DVD. Um... One of the reasons that the Chucky movies, uh, which are popular, they definitely have a big audience, are not making it into theatres is because piracy. Um, They're not selling, they're not shifting the units, they're not making the money to justify putting it into theatres. Now, bearing in mind that this film came out the same week, a couple of days after Jeepers Creepers 3, very controversial film, I'm not going to promote it, but was released in theatres. Now, that space could have been easily taken by the cult of Chucky. That could have easily happened and probably would have would have done not big box office. Right. But, you know. Well, at least some box office. You know,
1: I would okay, just from having a a tiny bit of distribution experience working for Universal uh and and then Lionsgate for for a good decade or so. You know, I think the last Chucky movie that was in theaters, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, was Bride of Chucky. Correct. Right? That's one Meg Tilly. Listen, a fun movie. I got to know uh, one of the producers of that movie because uh, they worked on uh, Frailty. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay?
2: Yeah. Bill Paxton's movie. Yeah, Bill Paxton's movie. Brilliant movie.
1: movie. It really is. And uh, Corey (coughs) Sienega and this other gentleman, David, and I forget his last name. Forgive me. It's been a little while. Um they had part in, in Chucky and what it did in the first movie let's face it it's a complete B horror movie that sort of took cinema by surprise yeah and then they came up with the second one and then they sort of kind of just from a you know from the standpoint of quality mm. sort of took a little bit of a dive but Bride of Chucky sort of kind of brought that fun back yeah i thought and i saw it at the theaters i had a great time but then Universal does this weird thing where they don't want to necessarily put the money mm. into, like, if, if you do really well with Bride of Chucky, David Kirshner is the yes. gentleman's name. Yeah. You want to take the money and put it back into a sequel and then add a little bit more and make it, put a little more money into it. Because mm. that's the other thing with horror fans, too. I think, speaking for myself, I like a good B-movie. Yeah, I don't care, right? But if it really looks cheap in cinema... And it really looks cheap, and like you sort of kind of go, well, that looks like it could have been on Blu-ray. But when you look at Universal's history, like how many Beethoven movies have they made? Oh, God, how many so like many Flintstone earbuds. movies have <clears throat> they made that gone directly yeah. to Blu-ray? Unfortunately, Chucky, I think, has sort of kind of fallen into that because they don't want to. Where well, I think they should, because mm. it's a good franchise, it's good time to reboot but I think they make enough off the streaming that they're just happy. They, they don't they, have to they go they through do, the efforts I, of releasing it.
2: But even before the movie had, had hit shelves um, or, or been available on streaming, I mean, I had a lot of people coming back to me on social media, and I know, you know a lot of the guys at, at various horror websites had people going, I've already seen it, I downloaded it, you know, streaming illegally. Um, and that's one of the reasons that these things don't get more money put into them is because, and if you're a true fan... You will wait until October the 3rd to, I... to get the Blu-ray or the DVD. And if you don't want to keep it, sell it on eBay. Sell it on to someone else or give it to someone else to watch.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But you don't if you download it illegally... Yeah, I, listen, I'm not for that. That's not
1: I helping like at all. No, it doesn't help at all. But the studio can take better... And again, because yeah, they, don't have the, they don't have the... Because they're not putting the money into mm. releasing it theatrically. Because once that happens, and I'm not saying the movies don't leak out, but you are putting more money into uh, taking safeguards from a movie mm. leaking out. True. So when you're going streaming, they're just not paying attention as much. So I, in part, will blame Universal for allowing that type of a leak to happen, mm. because they're just not taking it as serious. Because... I mean, uh, that's fair, and they're movie, not the like only American, studio. Mi- no, they're not. They're not the only I- studio doing that. I'm speaking on behalf of like when they're putting a, a movie into theatrical. There's a lot of money invested in that. Yep. they take bigger, harder safeguards. It's not saying that it doesn't happen, mm-hmm. but if you're just going on Blu-ray DVD, it's a you know, it's it, it can be easier. And it's too bad. It's too bad that that happened to Universal. Yeah, and you're right. If you're streaming, if you're downloading illegally, I don't want any part of it.
2: Yeah, none. Uh, the film itself um, is is good. Um, it's not my favorite film in the in the franchise at all, um, by any stretch, but it is good fun. And um, it fun. does something completely different with Chuck. If I tell you too much about it, it's going to completely spoil it, so I won't. Um, it is good fun. Um, we know who's back and you know who isn't. That that's readily available. Um, but if you want a bit of fun. Uh, I, I would say yeah. I mean okay. it's it's not it's not a great movie. I was probably, but I, really I enjoyed it. I had a, you know, I had a bit of fun with it. So yeah. that's good. One it's, of my it's fluff, it's bump, it's good yeah. you know, good fun horror.
1: One of my favorite actresses, uh oh my god, I had such the big hots for her early on. Um and today she's held up really well, but she was in the second or third one, Jenny Agutter. Yeah. You know. Who was in American werewolf in London. Yeah. Like that was the movie. Apache yep. like machi. Yeah. But um she's in one of the Chucky movies. Yeah. Yeah. You know.
2: Uh, let's talk about a couple of other things sure. we're, we're going to wrap up the show soon I want to talk about Box Office as well yeah. uh, but let's talk about um, the Men in Black spinoff um, sure. obviously Men in Black we haven't had a, a new film for about four years four um, years? is it Has four, it been? four years? it longer is it 20 24 it, it five years? Know. when was the last one? let me just check Men in Black 3 yeah. yeah Men in Black 3 was let me just check the date on that actually um let me see, Man in Black. No, Three, 2012. 2012. So that's five years five ago. Five years. Um, there was talk about doing a, um, a, a Jump Street crossover. Um, that has now kind of disappeared into the ether. Yeah. Might happen, probably won't. Um, but they are going to do a Man in Black spin-off. It's not going to have Will Smith. It's not going to have Tommy Lee Jones. It's not going to have anybody in it previously. Um, it's going to be a completely new thing. Um, I'm, I'm ready with this. Actually, a franchises that people want to reinvigorate and put out there. There's a gap in the market right now where I think actually that could be quite good fun,
1: depending. I think who the creative people are behind it. Yeah, and you know who you're getting for a director, who you're getting for your talent to Mm. be in it, which way you're going to go. Um, I don't disagree. It's it's um, you know not having Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith at this point. It's like okay, I understand. Yeah, Um, we're going to go a different route. I will be more interested once they start. Putting that pen to paper and starting to say, oh, we've hired this actor. Oh, this is going to be the person who writes it and mm. directs it. Once I get a better sense of the creative people behind it, then I'll be able to maybe be on board or not on board. You see, I'm, like, I, I don't mind the concept. I'm just wondering, I mean, with
2: you know, with, with, with three you know decent to, to, to very decent movies, um, mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if perhaps the concept might be better fitted to being a TV series.
0: That's actually rather a than a really a, rather idea.
2: than a movie, um, where you've got to reinvent a franchise. Unless they're looking at it as being like a new trilogy, right? I'm just thinking there's actually, I mean, the, the cartoon sh- series we know was already, you know, w- was successful in the 90s. Sure. I'm just thinking that perhaps this would work actually really well as effectively a Men in Black meets Twilight Zone esque yeah, Stranger not? Things type show.
1: You, uh, would yeah, work actually I mean, quite nicely. Why not? Because the science fiction genre on TV mm. is taking off. Uh, People are investing and believing in it again. It's taken off already. And it's, I think, some of the best science fiction I've watched recently has been on TV. With the likes of movie uh, shows like The Expanse, I've been having the best time watching Orville. Um, So... Having a series of men in black where their weekly adventures where it could be fun mm. and investigative in nature and aliens. Yeah, I think it's a television series. It could work really well.
2: Um, we were talking about uh, Chucky earlier and, and obviously yeah. piracy, which is which is illegal. So it is illegal, illegal, just so in case anybody has any doubts. Um, Don Draper, who is back.
1: Oh, hey, Don. uh, Thanks for coming
2: uh, back. Couldn't quit the show, which is good. Um, Saying that with a movie like Chucky, um, Don thinks that piracy might help a bit with word of mouth, etc., leading to people who don't pirate or know how to rent or buy. I get that logic. But for every person that pirates it, you lose a person that would pay for it. And I don't think having that word of mouth, if especially if it's going on things like Netflix, etc., etc., et cetera, that word of mouth actually has that much value. It's not like it's a buying a movie ticket.
1: No, it's not. And, and, and again, because it's and a tra- illegal, That's
2: what the purpose of a trailer right. is, is and to do that.
1: I'm not sure what kind of word of mouth that's actually getting out. Somebody can pirate it. But nine out of ten, what they're going to do is they're going to take that pirated copy and they're either going to have their friends over to watch it or they're going to give it to a friend. To watch it, so it's never going to really make up for that fact. No matter how much that group of friends said, "Oh yeah, I saw Chucky. Yeah, we really had a good time." A, they didn't pay for it. B, they're not talking to their other social media people, friends, or whatever. They're keeping it contained within their group of friends, so it doesn't get out as much as you would think that it would. Yeah, and but what it does highlight is the
2: fact that you can get it for free. Yeah. So why would you? Yeah. Pay. To see it, you know. Why would you buy the Why would you buy the cow if you can get the milk for free? You yeah, just simply wouldn't do that. Yeah. It's, it's, so I think it's it's an interesting. I mean, you know, bottom line, piracy is illegal. Yeah. Do not do piracy. Um But I think there is a wider debate here about you know whether it does you know work in its favour. I I would say no. I think the long long shot is you can have all the word of mouth in the world, right? But until people hand over their money for a ticket or or buy a Blu Ray or buy a download. Mm-hmm. It's, it's completely superfluous. Everybody could love a movie, but if nobody pays to see it...
1: Right. It, and, ...you're and, not going to get it another really one that's going to kill hurt. the movie. And, and it could kill that middle movie. Like I yeah. think, like, what a movie like the Avengers, piracy ain't doing... People are going. Yeah. They're, they're spending a ton of money. You know, that middle movie... It could hurt that because, again, people have the option to see it at home for free or whatever. Mm. They're not going to pay to see a really good movie. And I also argue not only is it legal, but you're missing out on an amazing experience. Could you imagine? Could you imagine watching Blade Runner on your laptop 2049? No.
2: You're completely going to lose everything that that movie is about. Right. And yep.
1: why? Why would you do it as yep. a movie? I get and trust me. I understand the anticipation for a movie. You do too. 100%. You, want, you can't. 100%. Wait for it. But if somebody came up to me and said, hey, I got a copy, it's Blade Runner 2049. Like if they came up to me last week, I would have said, keep it. Mm. And what's your name? Because th- there's a reward. Yeah. <laughs> there's a heftier reward I've for it. I've seen this. those signs. Yeah. I'd rather. I'm going to the theater. To yeah. See it there.
2: But also, if you are excited enough to see a movie, then you should be excited enough to pay $15. Mm-hmm. Or or wait until it comes on Netflix. So either hand over your money, or sure. just wait. Yeah, sit your ass down. <laughs> um, but piracy is illegal. Do not do that. No. Uh, I don't condone. Let's talk about this week's releases. We touched on Blade Runner at the top of the show. We had a discussion about yeah. that. Um, I mentioned that in previews, it's brought brought in uh, four million. Uh, Eight hundred thousand of that was from IMAX alone, which is pretty good. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, preview haul for IMAX.
1: I saw it in XD, which is oh, Cinemark's cool. version of IMAX. Yeah. And uh, it looks stunning in yeah. the sound.
2: It's amazing, amazing, isn't it? Amazing. Amazing. Uh, so we're looking at about 45 to 50 million um, for an opening weekend this week. I think that's about in the right region. I think so. Um, I don't see it being a breakout hit. I see it having a strong. I see the tail off. I see people going maybe a second or third time to see it. The hardcore people. I think the tail off we're going to see over the next couple of weeks is 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 going to be uh, steady. I don't yeah. think it's going to be dramatic, but I think it's going to be quite steady. Um, and I think it'll it'll make enough money to wipe its face. I think it'll definitely be a hit um, with a small h. I don't think we're going to see something that is going to break you know box office records or that that kind of level of return. You no know,
1: i think it's going to do very well internationally yeah and uh yeah i think they're going to do very well with the movie uh they'll do great with the fans for the mass audiences as i said i, I think it's a crapshoot they could go in and say who oh, have no familiarity with blade runner and go oh well uh that was long it was boring mm. it stretches nothing's happening like what's you know and that's the way the first movie was received by audiences yeah. and particularly critics alike I think it's been good for them that they've had A, a strong marketing campaign B, the reviews have been good um, I'm just going to be very interested to see what the cinema score is mm. on it nobody nobody came up to me and asked me what I thought but you know you gave it a solid B plus I give it an A minus uh, I will most likely go see it again potentially this weekend yeah um But the mass audiences, I think they're going to go because of the marketing and Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford. Yeah. Um, But we'll see. It doesn't have that much competition. Um, Well, which was going to be
2: my next thing. I mean, really, the only other major release this week or anywhere near a major release is The Mountain Between Us. Uh, which took 400,000 in previews mm-hmm. uh, last night, which is fine. Sure. You know, it's okay. I don't think anybody, even the studio, are kind of accepting that to be a a monster hit. No. Um, it'll do okay. I mean, I believe in some territories in Europe, it's not being released theatrically. Um, so I think it's the ex- expectations for that mm-hmm. have kind of been metered down a bit. Um, but there is one movie that's opening in New York and L.A. this week that I saw um, two weeks ago, and I yeah. spoke to Jeff about this last week. Um, the florida project okay uh which is from the uh, same director who did tangerine a couple of years ago which got a lot of acclaim um this kind of tonally is kind of a very similar film it's like a a lot of people talking about stuff and doing stuff but it's kind of like a snapshot of a bigger life story that we don't get to see um this is one of the best films i've seen this year really every single aspect of this film it, it is absolute perfection it seems so natural it's very fly on the wall um defoe willem defoe is the biggest name in it he's he's Uh the star of the movie uh, but he is not the main player he's a major has a major role but it's really about the other people who are living in this motel in in orlando um it's a phenomenal piece it's just amazing I did not like the ending. I spoke to Jeff about this last week. The ending just lost me. That last two or three minutes didn't quite work. Spoiled it for me. But it was... Seriously, it is one of the best films I've seen this year. The level of acting Uh and the level of authenticity in this film... Really? From performances through to environment, through to everything, is just superb. This... I've seen a lot of movies, and I've seen other people on film Twitter... um, Huh. Talking about this, how they're kind of like going, do I love movies anymore? Do I, you know, there's been a lot of movies that you're kind of like going, you're kind of indifferent to, or they've been okay or they've been good, but they've not been amazing. This is one of the films I've seen this year that reminds me why I love movies so much.
0: Really? It's great. just,
2: it's a great piece of cinema. Um, and, and, and Sean Baker has done... Such amazing work with this. I really hope the audiences get behind this film. Well, you've got me intrigued. I don't think it's... it's, it's, Again, it's not going to be a movie that's going to make a a shed load of money. But if you love film, Mm -hmm. this is a film that you can see. We we have a caller. Okay, we're going to take one caller before we end the show today. Uh, Hello, who are you and where are you from? Hello, my name is Nick. Okay, you're you're breaking up a lot. Hold on. Okay. Let's give you a second and see if you can. Hello. Hello, hey. yes. Who are you and where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Nick. I'm calling
0: from New York City. Long hey, Nick, time how listener, are you? first time caller. Ah, That's fantastic. Awesome. Well, thank you for calling in. Yeah, so uh, a little while back, you guys were talking about the Coming to America sequel. Yes. And I would actually tweeted you about this, Simon, uh, not too long ago. About how I thought the movie could work, especially in today's climate, mm-hmm. um, and basically by having the American side of the family going to visit Africa and kind of uh, discovering their cultural identity and having a fish out of water tail but with Americans going to Africa. Yeah, I what remember do you guys your think tweets. About that? Yeah,
2: I for me, I do like that idea, but I think the whole idea of coming to America, I just think the. I, I I kind of do like it. I just I, something about it that I'm not entirely convinced by. The whole there is
0: something that is a little shilly and perhaps uh, you kind know of, kind of cash grabby about rebooting this franchise. And it's you kind of replicating that, Africa, yeah. This, and it's yeah. That
2: kind of replicating that fish out of water thing. And also, I think from a stereotype point of view, I just think it might be a little bit of an awkward watch um mm, interesting so i think it might be very difficult to do without not i'm not necessarily offending people but doing it in a in a, in a way that gives real comedic relief that doesn't seem schlocky or like ah, oh, look these are people in a foreign land look at the foreigners i'm just <laughs> no i
0: think i think it would definitely have to play off the ignorance of americans coming to a, a strange place like that and how uh how they would uh, come into that but Another issue is that so much of the cast is gone. I mean, the father that was in Coming to John America Amos. is, is yeah. passed away recently. I mean, I also
2: think with, with, the, with the issue of ignorance of Americans, I think it's a really interesting idea. But the thing is, American audiences don't like to see movies where they're made to look <laughs> stupid. Right. So I right. think yeah. internationally, I think you would find an audience because, unfortunately, at the moment, there are a lot of people who are looking at America and they, they kind of see it as something of a, of a joke. Um, Uh. And I think internationally that might play well, but I think domestically, where really a lot of the core audience for this film is going to be, I think it's going to be a very difficult sell if you're going to make your target audience look... Stupid.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, and I think
2: that's not just America. I think if you made British people look stupid <laughs> in a movie, a lot of Brits are going to take a, you know, offense at that. I think if you made Africans yeah. look stupid in a movie, a lot of Africans are going to, go, well, you made us look stupid. You know, we're not, you know, we're not all living in mud huts and you know, blah blah blah. I, I think it is. A, it's a really difficult sell when you start to do that kind of thing. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I to agree with you. Mm. No,
1: I agree with you 100 on that. As soon as I had heard about the sequel, number one, that 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 years gap in between. Mm. Number one, as a standalone yeah. movie, Coming to America is one of the best. Yeah. And, but part of the reason is, is because you had lightning in a bottle. Mm. You know, you had John Landis at the top of his form. and when, But you also had Eddie Murphy, who was really sort of he was, on, he was making that he was on the cusp. Like, because it was Coming to America that was the movie that Eddie Murphy's ego s- s- was coming into play. Yep. And he was fighting a lot with yep. John Landis, okay? And I believe mm. it was after, coming to America. Mm. Um, I know he'd done uh, that one vampire movie, which I thought was vampire fun. in Brooklyn. Vampire in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. but he, you know, I mean, terrible movie. It, it came to a point where where literally Eddie Murphy had said, "John Landis has a better shot at getting Vic Morrow to star in his next <laughs> movie than me." And then Beverly Hills <laughs> Cop Three came out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. But the creative people behind the original Coming to America were just fantastic. And, you know, Eddie Murphy, who is still Eddie Murphy, I see this as a shot, potentially, to see that old Eddie Murphy again. I still believe that he's got one more funny. Mm. You can't get rid of that kind of funny, all right? Um, Raw has been on, or Delirious has been on HBO and cable lately.
2: Yeah. Eddie Mm.
1: Murphy, who is... In his time, the funniest man on stage mm-hmm. uh, and his movies. When you look at coming to America, trading places, yeah. uh, you know, the Beverly Hills Cop movies. He's funny. He's great. I was thinking, geez, maybe they want to open up a McDowell's franchise in Zimbabwe. Like whatever,
0: that, yeah. <laughs> whatever
1: the African <laughs> community is. I was like, oh, McDowell's
2: in Africa. That could be funny.
0: Yeah, yeah. and then is, they can play off a corporate theme and kind of maybe escape the, the racial themes and stuff like that. Yeah, I, not, would, I think that would be a better direction for it. it.
1: But yeah. w- what is the inspiration for getting Prince, uh, uh, right now I forget his name, getting Eddie Murphy back to America? Mm. You know, he too is also, and by he I'm talking Eddie Murphy, I don't know how lax he's gotten. I mean, part of the reason why Beverly Hills Cop 2 took place back in Beverly Hills the original story was supposed to take him to London yeah. but he had a bad experience overseas filming i think it was best defense with Dudley Moore yeah. and he said never again and they're yeah. like no but we're going to take we're going to take axel foley to london it'll be great nope i'm not i'm not traveling so they retooled the script so that they can film it back in Beverly Hills yeah so I don't know how willing he would be to, to try. I don't know if he's tempered you see, down I, a lot.
2: I think what might work is if if Eddie Murphy has to go back and, and be the king if the king dies, Oh. and he has to he has right. to basically then take he basically takes everything that he's learned from being in America over back to Zamunda.
1: Yeah, Zamunda. Um, that's yeah. You
2: know, I think that that might be a thing. And what about potentially like, the
1: woman who played his wife, who was gorgeous yeah. too, like. You know, trying to get this cast uh, back together again.
2: Arsenio Hall is available. Of course. <laughs> yes, Arsenio yes. Hall, Billy Zane. He's very available. Get, yeah. He is, yeah. yeah, yeah. and, and, and Furlong. get them all in.
1: And I think that they could... Again, it could be Eddie Murphy's one last shot at being funny again.
0: Because
1: mm. those are funny characters... But who are you going to have? Directed? Well, I heard
0: he was doing stand-up again. He's working on on funny, he and is. he's working he on is, kind yeah. of getting those chops up again. Yeah. But uh, he's his last films. Of, like, uh, what was the, the Mr. Drama Church that he did? was
2: the last one? Yeah, and that went pretty much it yeah small ugh. theatrical, and then went to Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's a it's a yeah. good movie. I actually enjoyed that you as know, a drama. But, but the last good thing that Eddie Murphy's done, back to Dreamgirls, is. It's probably his role in Dreamgirls was his non right.
1: And then
0: best role. he
1: And then, you know, he didn't get the Academy Award. Yeah. He got very upset about that. And I think the other thing that happened with Eddie Murphy, too, is that they had the, um, what was it, the 45th or the 50th anniversary of Saturday Night Live? Yeah. And he was supposed to come on, and I think people were hoping. People were hoping he was going to come on. He didn't, he didn't on. want
0: to make fun of Bill Cosby, I think, was the thing. Well, and but he, uh, people
1: yeah. wanted him to be funny and people were expecting and that had a huge audience and all he did was yeah we'll be right back after this commercial and people are like what yeah it's like come on eddie you had an opportunity to be funny even if you said i'm gumby damn it people would have (laughs) laughed and they would have gone eddie murphy could be back and he sort of kind of blew it there he had an opportunity he, I want him to be funny again because I go back to the the Eddie Murphy well a lot. because yeah. I think he's brilliant.
2: I, I have the DVD, of the stuff that he did on Saturday Night Live, um, things like the the buckwheat stuff, and uh, you know, and being James Brown in the hot tub. James Brown's Celebrity yeah. Hot Tub is one of my favorite SNL sketches of all time. <laughs> 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 Genius, <laughs> Mr. Robert, yeah. yeah, genius. It's just amazing. Um, so I think as, as far as I mean, we don't know where it's going to go. We know that there's been a script delivered, and they're looking at directors and stuff. Um, I think there are, rather than doing the you know the, the the flipping the fish out of water thing, I think there are better and stronger ways that I think they could take it. That I think will not alienate audiences, and I All think right. will possibly be will sit a bit more comfortably um, with with the general sensibilities of the movie going audience. I think.
1: And and I guess this is work. going to be Paramount too.
2: I, I think I believe they so, still own the rights. Yeah. You know,
1: Jim Gianopolis now, who's now running Paramount. I think it has a has a half decent chance. Although Paramount sort of kind of blew it because they wanted to try to redo Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, and then it went from theatrical to now we're not going to do theatrical. We're going to do television series. But Eddie Murphy's still going to be involved, and that that's not even happening. Yeah,
2: that that did not so go well.
1: Things at Paramount. They need to dust is still settling over there. Yeah, Coming to America right now seems to be their best shot at having Eddie Murphy as to having, number one, a non-family Eddie Murphy vehicle Yeah, where this could be rated R. Because mm-hmm. that's where he strives. That's where he's funny. If you're, if you're do doing
2: it. Eddie Murphy, you've, gotta, you've just got to let him rip.
1: You have to. You've
2: got to let him rip. But just.
1: he has to be willing to do it, too.
2: Yeah. I think he'd be okay with that. Yeah. I think he's... He's had a lot of years of get the fuck out of here, you know, <laughs> just like stores in him that he needs to let you out. You think he's had just... a lot of self-interest? But I wonder, yeah.
0: I wonder if the controversy back in the 90s that, that involved him maybe hurt his ego and therefore he just hasn't been able to feel like I'm the funniest guy in the room anymore. I'm the guy that you go to. You
1: know? I think his ego hurt his ego. His ego hurt a lot. <laughs> no, I mean, in all honesty, because he, he did take that tact of... I am the funniest man in the room, even though he sort of kind of might not have been in mm. things like Golden Child, which wasn't awful, but it wasn't what we'd expected I've got a soft spot audience. for that movie. Yeah, me I've too. Yeah, spot. me too. No, yeah. Me too. It's, it's again, but it's not to the caliber of no. Beverly Hills Cop. And then when he started to get into party all the time, she yeah. wants to party all the time. I yeah, like he right. thought he could sing.
2: Yeah, he can't <laughs> sing. <laughs> you know? <laughs>
1: But but he was doing good for other comics. Like Chris Rock is in mm-hmm. has this great cameo in Beverly Hills Cop 2. So didn't Gilbert Gottfried. Yep. So he helped other people around him. It was just uh what's the line in Top Gun? Uh his his ego is writing checks his body can't cash. Yeah. Maybe his body's writing checks his ego couldn't catch. And he started like when you start fighting with John Landis mm. and you say things like that you know eventually it's going to turn around and that's how Beverly Hills Cop 3 comes about
2: that is true i you mean could have i have
1: a lot of self introspection
2: still kind of got a little bit of a soft spot for beverly hills cop 3 yeah, i stuck it I, on recently on dvd and i was like is it as bad and i'm like it's, it's kind of a shitty uh, movie but uh, there's a lot in there that uh, i still quite <laughs> enjoy yeah
1: know. I just you know and yeah. and again eddie murphy he's just funny yeah and you wonder about sometimes comedians what is it where they just stop being funny i mean i know he gets older I get it, but it doesn't mean that you can't be funny anymore. Mm. Yeah, your your material is going to change because you're older. You have a different view on life, but you're a smart comedian. You should be able to bring that out. People want that observational stuff. And yep. again, I watch things like Delirious, and I, I'm just crying. It's very, um, let's call it blue it's yeah. definitely not politically correct yeah, no. today, but why can't we have that today? We sort of kind but of may need still that.
0: hold on to those mentalities, and therefore, his agents and publicity people are just like, eh, you can't say that on stage and still be popular. You know, this is this is going to create a shitstorm essentially if you say these types of things. But and, I, I, know, like yeah, yeah, dangerous think, and raw. Those are really blue, absolutely,
2: absolutely. But I think there's there is still an audience for that.
1: I, I think so, and, I and think also I needed. think this potentially.
2: I, I, I would watch that, but also don't forget that now, you know, not looking just at this as a theatrical movie, I mean, we are living in a world, and Jeff and I have spoken about this many times before, where if you make a movie, it doesn't necessarily have to go into theatres. So if you want to make a movie where every other word is fuck, and it's an Eddie Murphy movie, and it's a Beverly Hills Cop movie, what's to say that you can't sell it to Netflix? Make it a Netflix production, do it that way. Yeah, I think ideally they would look at it as being a theatrical movie, but do you know what I think? There are there is still an audience that wants this when it's done really really well, and I think it, it possibly would work in theaters, and then you could release an unrelated cut or whatever. You know, there is the possibility to do that. So
1: I say you sell a stand up concert to Netflix. Yeah, do a mm. if like if, if if you're if what you're saying that he's hitting the the, the comedy club circuit again, mm. and if he's building up material, put that on Netflix, or even better. Get it on HBO because that's where some of his specials were on HBO yep. and then make a movie. Like to me, the theatrical experience of seeing a coming into if, if Coming to America 2 goes direct to Netflix, yeah, no, I, I don't, not disparaging Netflix, but to me, that says, meh, they're cheapening it. it they, it's not going to look theatrical, but if you say we're going to take our time, we're going to write this, we get a good comedic director. That's the other thing, too. You have to know somebody who can direct comedy, and you put it out, mm-hmm. and the premise is good. Like, you hit it on the head um, from New York that the premise needs to be good. People have to buy into yeah. it. But also, don't forget, there's a big year gap. It's 27, almost 30 years
2: and Who would make a hurt. sequel 27 years after the original movie? I have no idea. We call it Beverly Hills Cop 2049. <laughs> 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 Why not?
1: That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, but you could make it work with the right marketing. And if it's, if it's the marketing that says, in heaven, and God, if one reviewer comes out like you and come out and say, Eddie Murphy's back. Yeah. Boom. Done. That's all you need. Yeah. You need, he (laughs) needs to get the critics back on his side and say, Eddie Murphy is funny again and people are going to go.
2: Well, you're absolutely right. I really interesting viewpoints there. Nick, thank you so much for calling in. But as Eddie Murphy would say, get the fuck out of (laughs) (laughs) here. Thanks for your (laughs) call. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, so i,
0: I got mean out
2: seriously the I, I, I love i love that movie <laughs> every single time i drive through beverly hills and i just imagine that scene where there's the person wearing the, the michael jackson leather jacket oh, yeah. and I do, <laughs> I do i do a little eddie murphy <laughs> laugh to myself <laughs> <laughs> get the fuck out of here i seriously i love movie. i love beverly hills cop i love it okay dimitri um thank you so much for co-hosting nah, this week thank you really for being, appreciate nah, it Yeah,
1: thank you for it, it it's a privilege to sit in this chair. It really is. I never take it for granted. And and again, my my apologies to to your audience, uh, to you. I was uh, was late today. Um, But still, it's a privilege to be here. It's such a, I love talking movies. Well, we, we're going and to be having awesome. you back.
2: We're Thank going you. to be having you back again. A, 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 unfortunately, Jeff is going to be taking something of a sabbatical from the show. Um, so for October, November, it's going to be me um, taking the, the the main role in the show. And we're going to have a, a number of people um, guest hosting. And Dimitri will be coming back again.
1: I hope so. And if your audience, uh, more importantly, you ask me, I'm here because I love this. This is an amazing. You have a great audience. It's
2: it's You're a really it's, really it's do. we're very lucky. And a lot of people they when they watch the show they do. I mean, not everybody likes it. That's fine. Um, but when people, they do genuinely enjoy the show and they enjoy the debates that we have and the conversations and it often does carry on in the comment section on YouTube afterwards. So yeah, if you, I
1: noticed that too. Yeah, That's if you're watching great.
2: the show, I mean, I will be in there and I will, um, I'll be talking and interacting with people on a regular basis yeah. over the week, so so please do feel free to interact with that show. It's a wonderful show. But also I'm, subscribe I, and share it. I mean, if yeah. you like the show, do tell people that you enjoy the show and tell them why you enjoy the show. And um, sure. We're always looking to have new people watching and we really, yeah. really enjoy your interaction. So.
1: Thank you. Yeah, and I enjoy being here and, and again, uh, if you're really like movies, and you want to focus on one movie, uh like this week we 're doing american made next week we 'll be dissecting blade runner twenty forty nine yeah you know we 've got a ton of movies coming up um, you know you get into the holiday season and uh, you know it just it's uh, it 's so much fun talking to about movies. Literally, when I was asked to do this, I was just floored and very honored. So when I was asked to come on your show, it really is a pleasure and it's a privilege to be here. So thank you very much and thank you to your audience for enduring me for the past hour. Or oh, it's been, an, it's
2: been an absolute pleasure. Um, I uh, I don't know if we're going to have a show next week. I'm going to be top secret. I'm going to be in Portland doing something really, really cool. Portland, Maine? Uh, Portland, Oregon. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, doing something really, really cool. So I won't be on the show next week. Um, but we will be returning the week after. Um uh, I will I be able being to talk messaging. about it then? Well, I'm going to tweet it out this week. I'm oh, just, fair enough. Yeah, so I'll be tweeting about it. Um, and it is also something that you can interact with, which is very, very nice. Awesome. Um, so I will tell you more about that. Uh, you can find me on social media, at Simon, Instagram and Twitter. I also have a Facebook page, This is Simon Thompson. And as we are in the month of Halloween, uh, you might want to go over to Forbes.com. Um, I've created a list of the 13 highest-grossing horror film franchises of all time at the U.S. box office. I do this every year, and there's been quite a few shifts in there this year, actually. There
1: are, you know, I. Re- I remember I was working at Lionsgate when when, when we were part of the... uh, We brought in Saw. I have some great behind-the-scenes stuff about Saw, but there was a time mm -hmm. where Saw was the highest-grossing horror movie franchise.
2: Well, if you want to know what the other 12 are in the top 13 (laughs) uh, as of this month, then uh, please do check that out. Uh, Dimitri, thank you so much. Where can we find you on social media?
1: uh, You can uh, find me at DMovies1701. So that's
2: at DMovies1701. Thank you so much indeed. So, uh, thank, thank you so you. much. Uh, this is Friday, October the 6th. Uh, it's my birthday. Happy birthday. Um, what are you doing? I'll you be, going well, to the movies? I'll tell you what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> Actually, Guillermo del Toro liked my tweet. I'm going to the New Beverly tonight with some friends. Yeah. It's a double bill of Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth oh. and uh, Crimson Peak. So I'm going to be sitting my ass down, gorging on hot dogs and those popcorn, are, feeling old. Those are
1: two great movies. I know, right? Oh, I really like, I like the, both that, those movies. I like to think that so good.
2: Guillermo and Quentin put those on for me, but they didn't.
1: Oh. That, I, I heard that they did. I yeah. heard they did. Because Awkward. they knew it was your birthday.
2: Yeah, I like to think. They're doing it every year now. It's well,
1: he's thing. baking a you thing. a cake. That's what I heard.
2: I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I hear Tarantino's a really good baker. Guys,
1: <laughs> thank you so baker. much. This
2: has been Movie Press. <laughs> Tell the world that you like the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And see Marshall in theaters October the 13th, PG-13. Take care.